All right. Well, welcome to another Power On podcast hosted by Matthew Hiscock, your favorite gaming esportser over at Durham College. Today, we're going to be chit-chatting with my prof, actually, my man, Joe Kribari. Uh, he also known as Toronto Joe on Twitter if you wanted to hit him up, but he has taken a little bit of his uh, time today to sit down with us and chit chat about esports within the Durham region, his experience as a whole, and uh, just where he's thinking the esports scene is going to be moving over the next handful of years. So without further ado, I will hand it over to Joe for a quick introduction on who he is. Awesome. Thanks for having me, buddy. Um, yeah, if I had to introduce myself, I'd say, you know, lifelong gamer, um, passionate about the esports community, been working in uh, esports for over 10 years, um, founded Even Matchup Gaming, which is an esports organization that primarily focuses on fighting games uh, within the greater Toronto area. We've since expanded into um, all of North America, which has been really exciting. But yeah, all in all, um, love playing games, love watching them, and um, really have found my footing, I'd say, in, in hosting uh, events related to uh, competitive esports. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great journey so far. Uh, yeah, so you uh, you mentioned you've been in esports for 10 years now. Um, can you give the people listening at home just kind of a, a look into what the first couple of years look like? Um, obviously, I'm not too sure if you had like a proper education surrounding esports or you went to uh, college for a different degree and then hopped into the esports scene. But uh, what was your first kind of... Uh, getting your foot in the door for you and how was that experience as someone wanting to become an esports uh, connoisseur but uh, esports not being exactly as large as as it is in 2022 for instance right yeah so my first experience with esports was actually on youtube um i would play super smash brothers uh through high school and elementary school with my neighbors down the street and um, I just really wanted to get better at the game. And like one of my buddies, would, he would always beat us. So I was like uh, searching online, like how to get good at Super Smash Brothers. And I came across like YouTube videos of MLG matches. Um, and I was like, holy hell, like there's actually like a competitive community around this. Like they have um, tournaments and stuff, which kind of led me down the rabbit hole to see um, if there was anything local happening that i can connect with because you know i i loved super smash brothers it was something that me and my buddies we'd always play and uh eventually i i found a website called smashboards which at the time was like the main gathering place for the smash community for people to post tournaments interact um have competitive guides and things of that nature okay and uh on something came up on my radar for an event that was in niagara falls which is about an hour and a half away from me and of course, me being like 16 at the time, um, I, I went to my parents and like begged them to drive me there. I was like, you know, there's not going to be another tournament ever again. This is the <laughs> one I, I got to go to this. And um, yeah, they, they ended up agreeing, actually. Uh, they drove me down and it was just like it was an incredible experience. I was essentially like an unknown player at the time, um, completely unranked, like I was bottom seed in my pool. But I made a bunch of upsets. I took out like one of the PR players at the time. Nice. And really it was like, just like a perfect introduction um, into the community. The The guy who hosted it, Percon, he was super welcoming. Um, and it just really felt like a place that I uh, belonged in and um, really enjoyed. So from there, it just like, it kind of just continued and, and snowballed because I 
enjoyed the competition so much, you know, I eventually decided to take it more seriously uh, and went professional in Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Um, traveled around the U.S. playing that for a bit, and then um, yeah, I, I just decided to take a stab at hosting events after seeing all these cool uh, tournaments across the U.S. that were just you know so much bigger and had so much better production value than the stuff that I was seeing locally. And I decided, um, you know what, uh, I, I think I can do this. I, I think um, this is something that there's an appetite for in uh, the local scene. And from there, it just, that, that was really the, the springboard for, for even Matchup Gaming. We decided to create a, an organization that would be dedicated to um, growing the Super Smash Brothers community in Canada and really providing that spotlight that we felt we deserved. And um, yeah, it's it's been a, a crazy ride. Um, that that was really uh, the long and short of how I got started. But <laughs> of course, you know, um, all, like throughout um, the process of being a player and being an event organizer, it's just been um, tons of experiences that have um, allowed me to um, make something out of a career in esports. But really, um, what got my foot in the door to answer your your original question was just like a, a general interest in um video games as a whole like i i always played uh games as a kid mario 64 was my introduction oh, yeah. to gaming okay. and like that, that game fucking blew me away and um i was hooked on video games ever since um and yeah fortunately you know uh even though the internet was just kind of blowing up at the time there were still people that were recording smash brothers matches um, on camcorders and you know mlg was um starting to really um find its footing in in the community so uh, yeah there i just kind of right place right time and and got hooked that's amazing honestly that kind of sounds like the cinderella story of like the gamer world right like you kind of always dream of participating in an event and then you finally get a chance to go there and it just like changes everything right you meet awesome people you start networking you get a taste for that real authentic experience rather than like what you dream an esports event is like and you just get hooked right uh, i'm sure a lot of people at home listening can definitely agree that there's always that one game that they can just think back at and just think of all the hours they spent into it and how committed they were and all the good times, whether it was late nights with their buddies or early mornings or all-nighters or grinding for a camo or grinding for an achievement and finally getting it right. Um, I find the esports scene has a tendency to create these authentic experiences and that's why I feel like a lot of people within the esports scene are first and foremost passionate about the scene uh it's not very much so about the money and definitely from uh your explanation of your experience and how you've kind of gone through esports as like a career uh it definitely doesn't seem like you're in it for the money so um you can tell that you lie with a place of passion and knowledge and uh, at the end of the day you really want to host these events and experience these events because you enjoy them and you kind of want to share those experiences um, but to kind of piggyback on top of that, going from being a player to now being like somewhat of a manager slash like management for tournaments, is there anything that you experienced as a player that kind of always stayed in the back of your mind and you were like, you know what, one day when I host my tournament, this will never happen or I'll make sure they have cucumber water or I'll make sure that the Red Bull uh, perfume is sprayed at the entrance. Like, is there a anything kind of looking back you had to go through 
that you aim to not happen to any other gamers? So um, something that stood out to me was that in our local community, like the, the venues that we mainly hosted out of were usually like card game, um, like basements and, and stuff like that. And like okay. video game store basements. So really my desire was like, how can we improve on this? Not because like, because it's not to say that the events were bad because I have fantastic memories um, in those uh, spaces and like they were great for the time. But I definitely like had that sense and could like was was seeing somewhat into the future and knowing that like this isn't what esports is going to grow into, right? Like there's so yeah. much more um, beyond the horizon uh, for the community and uh, for the industry as a whole. So I would say like my goal was to elevate um, the quality of venues and the quality of events and and really take those experiences and like what made those local events so sick and try and um, replicate that but put it into um, a venue that can accommodate more people a, a production that's of higher quality and attracts more viewers and and really just up level um, the entire experience so I, I would say that was probably um, something that really uh, motivated me to put my foot on the gas to improve events because the events were great but there was definitely like an opportunity to improve them and, and mm -hmm. really refine refine the experience and 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 like I said, up level it. So um, that that was the the big one for me. Yeah, no, of course, that's awesome. Again, kind of going back to the passion thing, um, you can sense the passion that you have for hosting tournaments in the esports scene. Um, most people that end up becoming trendsetters and people that create industry standards have mentalities just like the one you you uh, you have right they always want to go into things thinking of what can we improve on what can be better for the players what can be better for our streams or our production team what can be better for our consumers on site off of site etc etc so it's uh it's always nice hearing that there are people within the industry that are always trying to grow it uh, it could, because again, <laughs> it is definitely not at its peak, kind of like you said, uh, 10 years ago, 2022, uh, it's, de de it's definitely expanding, it's definitely growing, more people are becoming aware of it. Um, competitive gaming is now a very lucrative business from actually being a player to uh, endorsement deals to even just being a streamer, right? Um, it's it's a definitely a different ball game than I could imagine when you first start started out. So it's nice to know that you do have those roots of always wanting to improve, and you can always kind of fall back on those memories that you created within your first couple of years. Um, so to hi highlight more of Durham and how Durham kind of entered into your radar or you entered into their radar, um, could you kind of tell myself and everyone at home how you got incorporated in into Durham College's esports scene, whether that was at, as a player, uh, strictly a staff, if you knew someone within the school and kind of got connected with them that way? Or um, yeah, if you could just kind of talk to, to that, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So um, last semester, the course that I'm teaching now was taught by Neil Duffy, who was my uh, boss at Collegiate Star League, which was the first like full-time esports job I right. had. Yep. And, and Neil had been uh, a mentor to me, and we'd worked really closely, not just on CSL, but eventually um, 
at EMG. And um, yeah, I was an adjunct professor um, in that course with him, essentially just helped with the operations and the TOing side of the capstone. And from there, uh, Neil ended up getting uh, a new job at eFuse, which really took up a lot of his time. And he recognized like, hey, you know, um, I don't think I'll be able to put in the amount of hours that are required to make this course successful mm-hmm. for the, the next run. So um, he recommended me based on um, the work that we did already and just the fact that um, I had formal education as a teacher. That's where I got my um, degree at York. And um, yeah, that, that kind of opened up the discussion with the Durham faculty. They interviewed me, kind of picked my brain about my goals for the course, um, what my approach would be and kind of just my philosophy as a teacher. And um, yeah, here we are now. Wow. So I guess it does come a full circle more times than we think, right? Uh, it's, cra- it's crazy that um, Neil D- Duffy, for instance, he was one of the first people that came in to uh, talk to my class since I am, of course, a student of Joe's. Uh, I'm currently enrolled in the esports business management program over at Durham College. And Neil Duffy was last year's teacher. Joe is the replacement now. Um, so it's, it, it, it's crazy that he came in and gave such a strong presentation and to follow up, I've been able to enjoy being kind of like a protege of yours, if that makes sense, through just being a student, just watching how you go through your process. Uh, the suggestions you and Max give in class are awesome and definitely coming from a place of knowledge and experience. So uh, it's always refreshing to see a passionate, uh, knowledgeable, in-scene teacher. Because again, uh, a lot of people entering the esports industry uh, definitely want to apply outside knowledge and things from other industries, like for instance, traditional sports. Um, Granted, a lot of things do line up and there are definitely some contrasts, but uh, nothing can really give you experience like actually being on the ground, experiencing an esports tournament, hosting them, playing in them, uh, watching them o- o- online, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's awesome to hear that Neil was such a good uh, teacher and a, m- a mentor. Uh, he is a extremely, extremely smart gen- gentleman that has done a lot for the e- esports scene. So going forward, I'm sure he has left. Uh, Durham and you in good hands, so I definitely trust his ju- his judgment there. <laughs> um, I guess moving on to pick your brain a little bit more about some specifics. I know you were saying uh, you were very much so large into the Smash scene, uh, became a player, and then eventually started hosting your own tournaments. Uh, could you speak to some of your favorite tournaments or experiences, whether they were from the player side or from the host side? Yeah, so as a player, I would say my favorite tournament that I competed in was probably either hmm, it's it's tough. It's it's tough cuz I I don't I don't want to single out Definitely, um, definitely. It's any, hard to like... one, but mm-hmm. you know, there's been so many just crazy moments. I I would say probably Evo 2014. Nice. Was my my favorite event, um, for for two reasons, mainly because I got to interview a bunch of the gods of melee and just top players of melee and nice. really work the event as like a media personnel. Okay. In yep. addition to being able to go there as a competitor, so that was like 
a super cool experience, you know? Like, I, I played it pretty cool when I was interviewing those guys, but at the time, I was like, man, like, this is crazy. You know, I'm sitting down with PPMD, talking to Mango, Leffen, uh, Fly M, Anita, Axe. Oh, like, yeah, all, some big all, names. All these guys, you know, that um, I've watched videos of and, you know, think that they're pretty much, like, the the best Melee players in the world and like, mm-hmm. my favorite players. Um, just being able to chat with them and, and sit down with them. Um, that was a, a really cool experience for me. And um, Evo was really uh, an eye-opener in the sense of, you know, what's possible for the fighting game community. Like, obviously, we had seen huge-scale productions for games like League and, and other PC titles, Counter-Strike. But oh, yeah. um, seeing Evo in person and just realizing um, that that kind of um, labor of love is possible for the FGC that was really like man like you know the, the sky is honestly the limit because yeah big eye opener absolutely yeah because that that was like you know um hu- huge at the time just seeing that that level of production that scale like you know ten thousand people um in a venue for for fighting games was just it, it was a really cool experience and then um, as an organizer my favorite event um i would say probably gommel 2019 actually uh, and and reason being is, you know, I I felt like that was the most complete tournament that I had put together in terms of like the planning, um, just the amount of effort, just how meticulous we were about making sure it was the best event it could be, and um, really just seeing everything come together so well. Like we obviously like having a, a good tournament, like a lot of it is planning, but a lot of it is also luck, you know, like having crazy matches, having you mm-hmm. know, those highlights, happen. right? Yeah. Those it, authentic exactly. highlights that end up on YouTube and then blow up a brand or what have you. Right. Right. E- exactly. So, you know, we were fortunate that the matches were really sick, but I also felt really proud in the sense that, you know, I, I felt like we set the stage really well nice. for those matches to take place. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was a fantastic experience. And, um, was was really one of those events where I look back on it and you know in in the postmortem on things that we could improve like there were definitely things that could be improved on but like the heart and soul of the event I felt like we really nailed it and um we were really successful in in our ambition of creating uh just like the best event possible that we could make and and really I, I felt like that that kind of pushed our limits in terms of um what we were capable of doing and you know um it, it it's always a good feeling when you put your heart into a project right and, and then um, it comes it out cr- being, yeah exactly yeah. it ends up coming out um successful so we were fortunate that you know the stars aligned for it and uh yeah i was just really proud of my team and um the amount of prep that they put into making the event happen and just everyone coming together and just really um just crushing it you know like our, our team really um came together and the synergy and, and collaboration was um just just a sight to behold it was it was a pleasure to work uh from beginning middle and end and uh yeah it, it has me pretty stoked for 2022 now nice return after three years Hopefully i was we can capture that yeah no most definitely everyone might be a little rusty but i'm sure the gaming community is ready to get back onto lands and in stadiums and have the whole shebang and the signs and the yelling and the screaming fans and the pop-offs and all the things everyone loves about esports, right? Uh, to speak more to that whole 
I guess, ball of wax with the whole Ovid and whatnot. But um, what are your thoughts on how the gaming community as a whole, not only the FGGC, but just esports uh, everywhere, uh, how do you think the next year or so is going to change how esports have been running? Since um, COVID has been running rampant over the last couple of years, we're finally seeing the end of the light of the tunnel, uh, fingers crossed. But do you think that uh, there's going to be like an overwhelming amount of tournaments and events and conferences and all these brands and all these organizations are going to be just like opening the floodgates and everyone every week there's going to be some crazy tournament? Or do you think brands are still kind of trying to play it safe and put not put too many of their chickens uh, in one basket before they hatch just in case uh, there is some sort of third wave a march break wave etc etc uh do, do you think that we're gonna be kind of gifted by the esports gods a plethora of stuff to watch and participate in or do you feel like we're still going to be waiting for a bit to, for, for for things to kick back to normal yeah i think we're definitely going to see a strong uptick in the number of events this year um in terms of my thoughts of, of where the scene's moving to i feel like as a result of covid um, invitational style events are probably going to be something that'll be a lot more popular moving forward mm. and um, will be explored more moving forward if um, COVID does persist. As a whole, um, from what I see in the Smash community, there's definitely tons of major tournaments that are popping up. And, you know, the summer of Smash was something that I always looked forward to um, as a fan of the community. And that was something that unfortunately we had to miss out on because of COVID. And now that things are, are kind of slowing down, um, I'm definitely noticing like a lot of my favorite tournament series are um, announcing their dates and booking uh, their nice. place in, in the calendar, which is great. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, as a whole, you know, fingers crossed that the worst of COVID is behind us. Of course, you know, um, being cognizant of the fact that things can kind of change on a dime. Definitely. It's possible, you know, that we, we could go through that um, experience all over again. But you know, I'm I'm hoping for the best. Um, safety, like health and safety policies, has really been a focal point of um, our event this year, and um, a lot of events that have taken place in the post-COVID era, which is great to see. So we're really, you know, e even though we do appear to be at the finish line and kind of at the end of COVID, um, we still need to do our part to make sure that you know we're following proper procedures so that we can minimize the spread and um, you definitely know, we're, we're we're setting we're setting up the events so that um, they can be as safe as possible and, you know, taking the proper precautions to ensure that. Nice. That is always a, a good thing to hear. Um, definitely with the mask mandate being lifted and uh, March break right around the corner and realistically summer as a whole being right around the corner. My fingers are definitely crossed that people uh, continue to do the proper hand sanit sanitations, wash your hands, all that fun stuff. Uh, to each their own about the mask at this point since I'm not the government but I do hope that COVID's kind of been able to take a back seat and then we can kind of enjoy the aspects of our lives that we have been missing so much like going out and experiencing a LAN event um, so to kind of wrap everything up today Joe um, the last thing I kind of want to part the viewers at home and everyone listening out there uh, the last thing I just wanted to highlight was your suggestion on uh, what people can do to get into the esports scene, whether it's the fighting game community, the FPS scene, or just like the casual uh, 
gaming scene. Um, I do know a lot of people out there are really good uh, casual players, really good competitive players, but they may not uh, know exactly where to go to find people like them, to find volunteer opportunities, work opportunities, uh, um, competitive opportunities. Uh, So do you have a a source, whether it's LinkedIn, Hitmarker, uh, a Discord, or any suggestions on how people can get more connected within the uh, area? Yeah, I would say the the best way to get plugged into um, your your favorite esports scene is to just seek out local tournaments and find any opportunity for in person gatherings um, to really connect with with your scene. I think that's you know what I found to be the most fruitful way of of getting involved in the esports scene was just kind of throwing myself into tournaments and seeing them firsthand and you know experiencing them firsthand. Um, if, if you have an opportunity, you know, to go out to, uh, an IRL event, I definitely recommend it. You know, you'll meet a bunch of cool people. They're all going to have a shared passion of yours, which is the game that you're going for. So you already have a lot in common that you can start off with. And, um, yeah, you know, in, in terms of platforms that you can seek out to find those events, um, Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, eFuse is another great one. Um, yeah, I mean everyone's pretty dialed in i i feel like in in this era and in terms of like navigating social media so really Mm -hmm. like if if you just seek it out i'm sure that there's something that exists and if it doesn't exist you know maybe even consider starting your own community and starting your own scene there's um, a lot of the most successful people in the smash community um just decided hey like there's no scene for the game i love i'm just going to start hosting events and you know now here they are hosting some of the biggest and baddest majors um, on the planet so uh, i would say if if you have that interest go, go out to the events and you know if if there aren't any events if you build it they will come right so um yeah just being uh being in tune with the community and and finding your community and if if it doesn't exist feel free to create it because um i'm sure there's other people uh like someone that's listening to this podcast that are like-minded and thinking hey it'd be sick to you know meet up with some people and play this game that we love took the words right out of my mouth uh some of my best friends i've met through video games through uh random video game discords uh just lfgs uh, looking for a duo a triple and i still have these guys on facebook i wish them happy birthdays and merry uh, merry christmas right so there's always those aspects of uh the community and the gaming community that uh just takes a little bit of uh sticking your your neck out right just take the the leap of faith send that that message join that discord uh retweet that tweet and show up at that event right it's all about getting boots on the ground and talking to people and just making those connections but thank you so much joe Uh, i've had a great time picking your brain i hope everyone out there listening has also enjoyed if you guys do want to connect with joe please make sure to follow him on twitter at toronto joe also make sure to follow us at dcsa riot radio i am matthew hiscock your host for the power on podcast hosted right here at riot radio